This is Sadia Tariq and you're listening to Thani the podcast. If you've been to Karachi and not been to Zanders, believe me, it's a culinary sin. And today on this show, we have Sikandar Rizvi, the man behind Zanders. Hi, Sikandar. Thank you for being here. Hi, Sadia. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, I know busy morning, usual days for you. Well, every day is so, different. Actually, it's never it's never the same day. It's always different. So I know, I know, I know. So what do we have now? We have uh what almost 10 years of zanders three cafes no, in karachi no it has been 10 years it's been uh, how long has it been it's been uh it's been 8 years actually since i opened the first zanders yeah mm. so it's been mm. not 10 years yet i want to i want to achieve that decade in zanders but not yet um so during that time i think uh, yes yeah, so we've opened uh three zanders and the and an evergreen i don't know if you've been to evergreen i think you have been to evergreen actually have have of yes, course yes. have yeah it's it's a slightly different take but surely have um i and i just love it thank you thank you yeah it's completely different it's uh, more health oriented and uh, something which doesn't exist in the market and we and that that i partnered up with a friend of mine and uh, i do that with him and actually he's got such a great response that we're now looking for another location in karachi uh to oh, open wow. a second branch yes yes really, really. Well, yes. so um i mean going back 8 years um can we start with why zanders and how zanders i know you were managing flow yeah sure before, so. um i'll just give you a brief brief background uh quickly um basically i basically lived in i was born in france i lived in pakistan all my life i did my o levels a levels um and then i moved to a hospitality school in switzerland where i did my bachelor's and um after that i worked for the starwood group in uh, amsterdam for two years i worked in south africa and then i was supposed to move to for the high group in the hotel industry uh to chicago and before i was making that move i decided to come and see my mother who was here alone and um basically a lot of my friends were here at that time so i extended my stay in pakistan for a bit uh at the same time that was around 2008 the financial crisis happened worldwide people were losing their jobs um and i decided why would i move to the us where you know the pay is not really good it's not a good time to go to you know to get a job into a big company like uh the hyatt so i said you know what uh while i was then karachi during that stint i used to go out quite a bit and i realized there was nothing there was nothing in karachi besides um you know restaurants like high end like flow okra pompey uh flows my mothers by the way so i used to eat here quite often and mm-hmm. of course there were like uh, lower end coffee shops and there was pretty much nothing and yet there was this there were a lot of people my generation who would come back from college and you know they wanted to go out they went abroad they lived abroad they used to go out uh, quite often in karachi there was nothing there and since i was in the industry i used to invite people a lot uh, to flow to our lunches and dinners and you know you can't just do a high end restaurant all the time so hence i decided to open a place in karachi more like a sandwich shop and it just so happened that um ensemble where i look where i looked at the first zanders they contacted us to open a tea but tea uh, tea house kind of thing and i said you know what i'd rather open like a 
cafe. And that's how the idea started. And I started building up on the sandwich and I introduced breakfast and then start pasta, et cetera, build up the menu. And as I say, the rest is history and it worked really well. And I was very, very lucky that I opened up the right concept at the right time in Karachi, because now if you come to Karachi, you have lots of other restaurants and still you see restaurants opening up every other day. And in those days, I feel like it wasn't a, it wasn't a field that people used to look up to, you know, it would be like, oh, you know, it's a restaurant, whatever, it's a small little side business. But now it's become more of a respected business because you, people realize that it's a business that in Karachi, in Pakistan, fashion works, education works, and the food industry especially works. So I think a lot of people who would never have ventured into this business, now besides the love of food and fashion, they now realize it's a viable business opportunity. Um, so that, Truly, I, I was lucky. Is, I was yeah. lucky. Yeah. And I right yeah. So, and I was also um, very lucky that I had the backing of Flo and I had the kitchen of Flo and I had the staff of Flo and I had all my mom's experience. And uh, while I was here, I also took the opportunity to to work in Pakistan because I worked abroad before, like three, four, five years experience. But in Pakistan, it's a different ball game altogether. The staff is different. Absolutely. The supply issues are different. So, yeah. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, going forward, what do you see? I mean, sure, as you're saying that, Every single day, there's a new restaurant opening up. And sometimes it's for business. Sometimes it's for um, just because someone likes to eat food and passion for food. And sometimes it's a mixture of both. So going forward, what do you think is really going to happen in terms of the trend? Um, casual dining has become a big, big thing in Pakistan. Yeah. It's all mm-hmm. over in, in Islamabad and Lahore and Karachi. And um, so do you think the fine dine restaurants are some at some um, at some sort of a risk? Or they're losing their um, their clientele. No, I don't think so. I don't think fun. Look, you see, if I take Karachi in itself, I mean, there's not much fine dining in terms of for a city like Karachi. Like you know, uh, if I can count fine dining on on one hand, you know, like fine dining, I like the names I mentioned before, the fine dining ones. You got the floors, you got the Correct. okras, you got the sakuras. Yeah. You don't have much fine dining as such. People, I think, do realize that opening a fine dining restaurant is a much, much bigger deal than opening a quick QSR, a quick service restaurant or a cafe like Xander's or, or the, uh, mush- the other ones that are mushroomed up. People don't want to uh, go into that high-end thing because uh, if you charge high-end prices, you do need to deliver that kind of high-end experience and that high-end food. And I think the model that everyone's been following has been a kind of Zander's model where you do where you do serve premium quality food by sourcing the best ingredients but serving at a much, much reasonable price. So I don't think Correct. there's a risk to the existing established businesses because they've been there in the market for so many years and they will be hopefully continue. But I don't see many trying to enter the high end field because of the mm. because of the mm. difficulty of it. But so I think uh, the Q, the QSR, the casual model is going to be is the ones where everyone. So casual model is where people are going into. You see a lot of these cafes going. And also, I'd say one step lower where you have these single concept stores, like you got these burger outlets, you got these uh, right. uh, just like uh, one or two menu item outlets, you know, so people want to like specialize in a few things because it's easier. It's easier to source. So I think that's what's happening, and that uh, happens because uh, I guess there's not much demand for fine dining as such. I mean, the, the market's much bigger for casual. That's clear. Or casual, you can open for clearly. lunch or breakfast, and so that's the clearly, clearly. 
So tell me, uh, what is the usual pattern that you follow when you're trying to come up with a dish or a salad, you know, a sandwich, whatever, any dish? Is it, I mean, from the point of uh, conception till it's plated? <laughs> I wish how, I could tell you, long? hey, you know, Sadi, I'm so organized. I've got everything planned out. I have a whole agenda. You know, I've got, oh, on this week, we're going to do this. But to be honest, um, I can be very disorganized, to be honest. Um, I, I'm surprised that I'm running four restaurants. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know how I'm running four restaurants. Uh, because, you know, I, I go through these bouts of energy. Like, for example, if I'm traveling abroad, even if it's by four or five days, even if it's a city like Dubai, which is not really considered a holiday. But when you come, when I come back, I come these, with this intense energy and I come up with all these ideas and I put everyone together. We start creating dishes by I delegate recipes or, or we do it ourselves. Or I've got Shamita on board. You know, we, there's no fixed mm -hmm. pattern. I think the restaurant, uh, the, I mean, I guess the beauty about Xander's, I feel, is that it is uh, flexible enough. We're not rigid at all. So sometimes you have like the lowest end person on the on the hierarchy who'll come up with a fantastic dish, you'll be rewarded, you know, they'll, they'll get motivation or sometimes we created ourselves or sometimes I'll create it or sometimes we'll have our food consultant created. But I think that that's also, um, it's, it's good, but it's also bad because having a structure is important, you know, to have a certain kind of uh, direction to go to. And I do realize that now more and more with having four restaurants and planning more uh, in the future that I need more of a structure, more of a, um, a research and development team, which I'm creating now uh, after mm -hmm. my last trip abroad. So I think there's no there's no fixed plan, uh, to be honest, Adia. It just happens in moments of passion, moments of uh, clarity, moments of uh, you know motivation and uh, things like that. And of course, when you realize that you need to change a menu around, so then of course there's a whole structure where you plan out menus. But I think it happens a lot randomly. You know, we continuously try to develop new stuff. So. It uh, sometimes you won't go through things for two, three weeks, nothing happens a month. And suddenly within a week, you'll create seven, eight dishes. But you see, that's a pro and a con, which I need to fix. So we're just flexible. Yeah, I you understand. Know. There are uh, creative bursts like in any yeah. other um, industry or, uh, you know, work that you're doing, whether it's art or music or even food now is just absolutely mm. creative. So before I move on to my other question, there's one surprise quick question for you. I'm going oh, to give you five ingredients. I don't like and surprises. You have to, um, <laughs> five mm. ingredients and you have to come up with a dish. So, okay. so the ingredients are snapper, egg white, dark chocolate, basil leaves, and red chili. Snapper, the fish, red snapper. Mm -hmm. And egg white and chocolate. Dark chocolate, uh -huh. red chili, and basil. Uh -huh. Wow. Is this something you just came up with or are you just really putting me in the spot? <laughs> okay. Yeah, putting uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I would, I guess, make a simple uh, seared snapper, to be honest. And I mean, you would try to, oh, God, fish and chocolate going together. I don't, I don't see that happening. But I guess you have to do that. But, you know, this reminds me when I was in Cape Town, I used to work there. And there was a restaurant called Madame Zingara's. And I think it's still around. And they are world famous for their uh, grilled steak with spicy chocolate sauce, dark chocolate. And it was quite oh, unique. God, it was like yes. a balsamic glaze yeah. or something. So I guess I would do something like that too. You can sell steak. I would just use a snapper and then use a 
really reduced uh, or dark chocolate with chili. And I don't know what I would do with the egg white, to be honest. Maybe just lighten it up, but uh, try to avoid the egg white. And just keep a simple dish like that with a little sauce with chocolate. But then you would have to try it because I wouldn't try it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, done. Done. Whenever I come down next, yeah. we're definitely doing that. Yeah, okay. okay. So uh, moving back to some some... Uh, professional stuff you know when every time i visited zanders all all branches um there is there is a general vibe of energy um of um of of kindness of suggestion but even the suggestion that your um people give it's never kind of forced down your throat right so how do you manage that how do you how do you boost that kind of purpose that kind of energy and um surely there's engagement uh, with the client um, throughout the meal, so you know there's so there's purpose, there's engagement, kindness. Mm. How do you how mm. do you how do you boost all of these things? <clears throat> well, I mean, I guess really, I mean, I I think everyone would like to have that kind of uh, behavior and that kind of engagement from their staff. I mean, I, thank you for saying that. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, you see, I mean, I guess there's no secret. I mean, firstly. When I hire, I hire for the attitude. I mean, it's cliche, but it's true, right? You can teach anyone mm -hmm. how to take an order, how to write an order, uh, but you want to hire for attitude, how they are in terms of human connection, how they are. You want, for, So firstly, hire for attitude. Secondly, I also, since now I have four branches, I also, you see, um, when, I, when the energy level or the kind of quality goes down in one branch, I'll suddenly go there and spend more time there, you know, prep the staff more, have staff trainings, you know. I'll go to the other branch when the energy, I'd say, you know, the energy and the vibe goes down. I would go there and start trying to instill the energy that I want to create by hanging, by go, giving little mini briefings to staff. Uh, thirdly, I would also start from the top to the bottom. So I would basically, my managers are responsible for everything, but they have a lot of flexibility. Like they have flexibility of giving things in the house. They have flexibility of uh, not charging customers. They have flexibility of uh, disciplining staff. They have flexibility of uh, giving, you know, they now also have flexibility of hiring new staff. So basically what I've done is mm. I've really given them more control of every single thing. And, you know, they're, they're, they're rewarded and disciplined and uh, judged according to, the, to those metrics, right? And, mm. um, and thirdly, I think even the staff are allowed to make mistakes. Like, you know, if I introduce new things and I say, guys, you know, you got to push this, push this. And you, if they don't like it and you, you sold it, doesn't matter. You tell the manager, he'll take it out of the bill. At least I see you guys trying that. And, you know, I encourage them to have that personal connection. I, I love it when someone comes and shakes the hand of my waiter because they, they want that person to serve them. I think it's great. So they realize Absolutely. that the owner is okay with that. The owner likes the personal connection with the staff. If you make them more comfortable, then I guess the vibe is there. But if you make them, you know, scared in terms of the environment that you created, then obviously you won't, uh, it will, um, the, the, the customer can feel it. So I guess the secret is hiring staff who are, you know, by human nature, nice and friendly and open and extroverts and being nice to them and training them and allowing them to make mistakes. Simple as that. Yeah. There's really no secret, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that that is that is a secret. Really, letting people thrive in their own environment, right? And letting them make and, mistakes and, just, and not being scared of it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, totally, totally. So, I mean, obviously, four restaurants, huge, high stress levels. What are your mm -hmm. personal tools for stress management? Hmm. Uh, 
<laughs> might not going to work sometimes <laughs> if it stresses you out too much. Just going out. Uh, you see, I need to travel that, a lot, so perhaps that's. I um, like to travel as much as possible. I love going to the beach on the Sundays. Uh, really like switching off. Uh, putting my phone in airplane mode, <laughs> honestly, because I get a lot really? of WhatsApp and I just like, oh my god, like just put yeah. it in airplane mode. You see, there's certain things I can't do. Like, you know, when you're running a restaurant, uh, this is what my mother, who's been, who's a veteran in the industry since 25 years, she's run Flow and created one of the best brands in, in the city. So when I came okay. back, obviously she's the old school. She used to work hard and she still works hard. She used to implement things by herself. There, there was a problem with the fridge. You know, she'd make sure she's on the phone, making sure it's done. I came with another mentality. I was educated in Switzerland, I worked in the corporate. So I understood the system of hierarchy, the department, the compartmentalization that you separate the marketing department, you separate the maintenance department, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I, as a result, uh, were more, were, I expected a lot more from my staff. So I did expect mm -hmm. that, hey, if mm -hmm. I have a manager, your job is not only this, but to make sure that uh, the music is working. Or the kitchen guy should know that, oh, Kipan, you're making the food, but you have to make sure that the fridge is working. And if it's not working, you have the you have the maintenance guy to make sure they do their job, et cetera, et cetera. So by this, what I mean is like I used to delegate and I still delegate quite a lot that if there is a problem in the kitchen, I expect it to be done without me running after it. So basically, I de-offload my stress onto someone else. I think that's mm -hmm. one way I've managed in terms of the work. So my mother always used to tell me, like, we were going to the beach one day and the restaurant's packed, Xander's, and my generator conked out. And uh, this was 2 p.m. And we were just to go to the beach. And my mom's like, oh, and I told my mom, I was like, oh, mom, you know, the generator conked out, the restaurant's full. And she started panicking. She said, oh, my God, you must go there right now. What are you going to do? I said, mom, if I go mm -hmm. there, what am I going to do? Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Like, if I go there, the, yeah. the, the, the customers are going to shout at me. What, what can I do? I'm going to the beach. There's nothing I can do. I've, my maintenance guys mm. are there. So you see, that's an example, like not micromanaging, you know, is one one way yeah. of de-stressing. Like if there's some restaurateurs who or business people who just micromanage, if you micromanage, you're going to go nuts. Uh, so I try not to micromanage to the point where suddenly I realize I've delegated it a bit, a bit too much and things are out of control. So you know, I just try not to micromanage. I take lots of time off and I travel. And I also, uh, yeah, just uh, switch off completely, you know, and let things happen. Because things are always going to happen. You can't control everything. And I guess it's yeah. in your nature or not, you know. But you can train yourself to just relax a little more and trust things happen and trust in your stuff to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Might not be the That's best. Huge. It's not yeah. the best way of doing things, I agree. But uh, work-life balance is important for me. Right? You can't just be totally. because the restaurant industry is very tough. It's you know yeah. everything goes wrong and things aren't according to the way you were. Like I'll give you another example. I was in Zander's Tipu Sultan and I had just come from the other branches. I was upstairs. I don't know if you went to my Zander's Tipu Sultan. It's uh, the latest one we opened last year. And I was just looking down and the restaurant's packed and I was like, oh my god, look at that food. Oh god, how's he how's he put the sauce? Oh my god. What has he done? And then I was mm. like, you know, if I keep trying to control everything right now as it is, I'm going to go nuts. So you do understand Correct. that you have to have moments of training. You have to go through. You have to accept that mistakes are going to happen and uh, mm -hmm. take it in your stride. You know, uh, that's why I'm not trying yeah. to be a fine dining. That's why I'm trying to keep the best thing. I can serve the best food possible. But I do know that I 
don't serve the best food all the time. That I, I do know sometimes my food really is not good. It does happen and we make mistakes and, you know, it's going to happen no matter how hard you work, it's going to happen. But we try to, we try our best, you know. Really, it's a really the attitude. No, it does. It is the attitude. So uh, the lesson that the longest, um, that took you the longest to learn since the last eight years or going even before um, in terms of, um, as you're saying, maybe it's shaping your attitude, maybe it's mm. just training yourself in terms of switching off or delegating. Sometimes very difficult for people to delegate as well, right? Yeah, that's so, very difficult so, for so people to delegate. The, yeah. you know, so, so, so some of the, the qualities within you that you've been working on in terms of that this is what I need to do to manage and to keep a balance. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, without that, I would never have been able to open uh, the other branches. I would have been mm. stuck with one or what I would have opened two and I would be a stress ball right now. And, um, you know, and if you're a stress ball, you can't focus, you can't do your things properly and your restaurant would probably not have survived. So it's not like I'm never stressed. I mean, it's not true. I I do get lots oh, of stress oh. from in this business, but uh, considering that there are four restaurants and considering that I can take two weeks, three weeks off and a go, I mean, I think that's, uh, I'm happy with that. Just, I'm happy with the what, what's been achieved. But of course, that's things true. do go down when you're not in town. It happens. But then that's the part where you have to accept. You've got to fix it and... And what I'm doing right now is I'm really trying to structure it in a way where, you know, the system, all the systems are tighter, the SOPs are tighter, the delegations, the responsibilities are there, it's clearer, mm. uh, the reward bonus systems are there. Um, mm. Because I really want to grow this business and I can't do it without without delegating and putting in systems in place. So, yeah, and uh, having enough trust, right, in, in the management as well, that's important yeah. too. Correct. inculcating uh, yeah. that trust, uh, the relationship Absolutely. that you have with your staff. Okay, so before we sign off, just a few questions and quick <coughs> answers on that. So three food items you can't live without. Uh, food items or ingredients? Yeah, hmm. ingredients. Ingredients. Uh, garlic, chocolate, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. olive oil. <laughs> oh, like it. Three and not must together, have not together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Okay. So your three must have appliances in your kitchen. Uh, uh I mean the best knife, of course. Um a blender and um microwave <laughs> honestly sure. it's one of got the it. best inventions got ever <laughs> got it you use it a lot to be honest at, every uh, anyone who says they don't use it in their kitchen is uh not telling the truth is the best invention without that a lot of the items you would not have been able to serve in your restaurants it's one of the best inventions ever for commercially <laughs> and domestically it's the best thing you know defrost things or heat up things it's, it's every restaurant uses it and it is, mm. it's, it's a genius. Mm -hmm. Same meal every day. What would it be? Same meal every day. Uh, every day. Same meal. Uh, yeah. Nihari. Hands down. Really? Nihari. Hands oh down. Oh my God, Nihari. really? 
dear listeners thank you for listening all suggestions ratings and comments would be most welcome see you next time bye